Welcome to So Dead, a podcast that'll make you want to shoot your eye out. I'm Jen Carpenter. And I'm Danny Fairman. Happy True Crime Tuesday. And happy Taco Tuesday, girls and boys. Girls. Speaking of girls and boys, it's almost Valentine's Day. Gross. I know. Do I you love like it. Valentine's- you know, we don't exchange gifts. We don't go out. I hate going out to dinner on that day because it's waiting for three hours for a meal. That- for sure. So I always cook a nice dinner and I celebrate as a family. But the holiday in general you like, right? Well, yeah. I mean, look at my house. I hate everything about it. Your house is cute. Not your house. But I don't you hate love your, your husband. Do you love your I kids? I do love my husband. I do love my kids. I just hate everything about Valentine's Day. I think I... You know, in school, I was not the girl that would have gotten like a special Valentine from the boy I had the crush on. And then none of the relationships I was ever in um, were any that you would celebrate (laughs) Valentine's Day over for many, many years. I feel like Um, that was me, too. And so by the time um, my husband and I got together, it was just kind of ruined for me. Hmm. Um, it's also, you got to redefine it. It's also, um, so this Valentine's day will be the 10th anniversary from my son's first seizure. Oh, well shit. So yeah, we hate it. It's just, there's Mm -hmm. no saving it (laughs) for us. Yeah. But I bet it feels like yesterday, huh? Sometimes, but sometimes it feels like we've been dealing with it for our whole lives. I'm sure. You know? Um, so with the holiday that celebrates love just a couple of days away, love it or hate it, Danny (laughs) loves it, I hate it, uh, we thought that today we would talk about what happens when love goes horribly wrong. So John Marble was one of East Lansing's founding fathers. He was the city's first entrepreneur and a leader in the community. Why can I say entrepreneur and I can't say phenomena? Entrepreneur phenomena. You just said phenomena. Did I say it right? Phenomena. <laughs> We're going to get that song stuck in everyone's heads again. I love it. <laughs> think of us when you think of Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Not okay, too. Um, so, John Marble <clears throat> operated a successful sawmill. In East Lansing, and he bought what became known as the Marble Estate in 1860. He lived in the home with his wife and four children, and his farmhand, William Martin, lived in an outbuilding on the property. In 1865, John's wife passed away, leaving him to care for his young children alone. He hired a live-in housekeeper to assist him, a young, single mother by the name of Emily Chapman. Emily and her son Willard moved into the Marble Estate, and then what happened? What do you think happened? Well, Widower. He had an affair with her, of course. Young. Yeah, they would keep. They was doing it. They were, <laughs> and they got married. <laughs> well, yeah, you had to make it official back right, then. Right. Do you think everybody had an estate back then? Like, like my house, we could just call the Fairman Estate, but is it really an estate? If you want it to be. And like, do you think everybody had outhouses with? Not everybody. I think some people (laughs) lived in the outhouses. I think there was just a big disparity. You either had a lot or you had not very much at all. But John Marble had a lot. Yeah. And he Um, was getting a lot. And he he was getting a lot. (laughs) 
Um, so they got married. Um, they found themselves in what was described as a marriage of convenience. So it was not sure. some hot and heavy love affair. Yes, it um, was. By all accounts, their marriage actually was not a very happy one. Uh, uh, the difference in age between them was just too much. What that difference in age was, I never quite found. Um, but it sounded like it was quite a bit. Uh, they were married for about 10 years. They tried to make it work. But once John's children were all grown and moved away, he and Emily decided to separate. He moved out and began staying with friends. And he rented the property to Emily and her son, Willard. So an uneventful marriage was headed for an uneventful end. Uh, but then the rumors began. Bum, bum, bum. They mm-hmm. always start. So throughout the turmoil in the marble marriage, their farmhand, William Martin, was there. Mm-hmm. He still lived on the property with his own wife and children. And his marriage was not doing well either. Uh-oh. At one point, he was arrested for non-support of his wife and children. What? Because, you know, back then the the men were supposed to support. So he just wasn't <laughs> buying things for his own family. He wasn't, you know, they had that free house and whatnot, but he wasn't bringing home the bacon. He was and putting he the bacon somewhere that? else. That's mm-hmm. amazing. He did. Watch out, all you loser guys out there. All you tall white guys. No, I'm just you kidding. Tall I'm just white kidding. Guys. Just, just to, that don't bring home bacon. Danny and I know lots of tall white guys, and we love them, so we feel okay making fun of That's right. tall They're white all guys lovely. in general. Just so you guys know. Just to clear that up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's arrested for non-support of his family. Guess who bailed him out of jail? Emily Marble. Of course she did. His boss's wife. Or, a.k.a. His lover. The bacon getter. Uh-huh. There the, it is. The recipient of his bacon. Uh-huh. Right. So with John and Emily separated, uh, William left his wife, and he actually moved from his little shack on the estate into the marble house with Emily and her son, which, of course, led to even more accusations of an affair. I mean, is it really accusations at when this it's point, true? though? Right. Right. So basically everybody knew. Lots of um, rumors end up being true. They do. So, like, don't deny this shit. Just own it. Right. So they got arrested together for adultery, <laughs> uh, but they were later released. Uh, John Marble, one of the most prominent men in East Lansing, was humiliated and disgraced. He filed for divorce on the grounds of... Adultery. adultery. <laughs> but Emily and William had other plans. Neighbors told John that the couple was planning to strip his home of all of its valuable property, sell the stolen goods, and use the money to run away together. That's dirty. Right. Okay, so wait. Now, where's his wife? His wife lives in the marble house still. He moved out. She still lives there. Her son still lives there. And now the farmhand lives there with him. The farmhand's wife. I don't know. She probably found found some new bacon. Somebody who is actually giving her bacon. Right. The bacon's important. What a, what a loser. Ladies and gentlemen. All right. Not the not the wife, the guy. Okay, go on. We got it. Uh, so he wasn't going to let that happen. Emily had already taken enough from him. She'd already humiliated him enough. Did I say it? humiliated him yep, you enough? you got it. Got it. So on the <laughs> night of November 12th, 
1876, John Marble and two friends, John Morley and Charles Ayers, rode out to the Marble Estate to catch Emily and William in the act. Oh, my God. Why do you want to see that? I I think actually in the act of robbing his house. Okay. So he didn't care that they were fucking... (laughs) He, he didn't care that she was living in sin and making a mockery of his name, but the rumor was she was getting ready to strip his house and disappear. Why would he move out, though, if he cared so much? I just like, think he just he, couldn't take her craziness, you think? Maybe, or maybe he just didn't, you know, he was That's he was a man it, about town. Maybe he was, you stay here, I'll go over here. And she was paying him rent, so she wasn't living there for got free. Got it. Um, so... They go out there. Um, they have intent to catch them in the act of stripping his house of all of his property. They tether their horses in the woods, and then they sneak onto the property. Problem is, they were not very good sneakers. Um, while they were watching... You're not a good sneaker. <laughs> <laughs> while they were watching through the windows of the house, hoping to witness some sort of illegal activity, Emily saw them. So her son, Willard, who lived with her and William, grabbed a shotgun while she and William armed themselves with revolvers. They headed outside looking for a fight and a good, old-fashioned, Wild West-type shootout <laughs> That's commenced. exactly what I'm picturing in my head. Like, we'll draw on three. Ready, cowboy? <laughs> <laughs> so... This gets confusing because the names are very similar. We've got multiple Johns, Uh a Willard, a William. So kind of try to stick with me. We've got two teams here, okay? Right. Team A is John Marble and his two friends, John Morley and Charles Ayers. Right. Team B is Emily Marble, her boyfriend, William Martin, and her son, Willard Chapman. Jeez, oh, Pete. Okay? So that's really confusing because the Mm -hmm. names are similar. Just can we... They did not get creative back then. No. Okay, so two teams, they start shooting. Mm -hmm. And this is not laser tag. This is real guns. Pew, 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 (laughs) Emily's son, Willard Chapman, shot one of his stepfather's friends in the head at point-blank range, killing him instantly. Oh, no. Yeah, it's not funny anymore. (laughs) So... As we laugh. He I know then, it's not funny. I'm sorry. I'm then, laughing at my sound effects too. <laughs> pew, pew. He then ran down the other friend of his stepfather who was fleeing into the woods and bludgeoned him with the butt of the shotgun, crushing his skull and oh killing him. Oh my god! So Team B's got two points, basically. Two points. Two points. We're keeping track here. Emily's son has killed both of his stepfather's friends. He shot one and beat one to death. In response, um, John Marble began shooting at his stepson. He hit him once in the arm and once in the neck. His stepson fired back mm. and he hit John in the shoulder. Mm. Uh, only Emily and William, the cause of all of this shit, were not injured in the shootout. John Marble was seriously injured. Mm. Uh, his friends Charles Ayers and John Morley were killed. His stepson, Willard Chapman, was seriously injured, but he recovered. Chapman, his mother, Emily Marble, and her lover, William Martin, were all convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to state prison. John Marble sold the property where the shootout occurred six months later. The Marble Estate still stands today, and the current owner has agreed to talk to us about this very unique piece of local history. We're so excited. We are excited. Please welcome to the So Dead Lair, Carol Koenig. 
owner of the infamous Marble Estate in East Lansing. Carol, thank you for joining us. Sure. Thanks for having me. Carol, how long have you lived in the Marble House? Let's see. Um, my kid was three when we bought it, and he's 14, so uh, it's it, it's been a good 10 years, maybe. Now, did you know about the history of the property when you moved in? I knew a little bit of it. I did not know all the gruesome details. How did you find those out? I found out because I had a handyman who was staying there <laughs> while he was working on the house, and he met the author of A Legal History of Ingham County. And that author told him about the house, which then kind of freaked him out <laughs> because he was staying there. And he always said things like, oh, I don't believe in that, that kind of stuff. He was kind of a tough guy. And when I asked him what, was, what did he think of it now, he used to say to me, Whenever you're there, you're not alone. Oh. Uh-oh. Well, that's creepy. That's his comment. I, I don't know. I've, I've heard lots of different things along the way. And the one person I knew who lived there the longest, his family lived there for 50 years, oh, wow. um, was Forrest Coggin. And Forrest, um, he said it was just nothing but a joyful place for him. Oh, for 50 uh-huh. years, it was, it was just a wonderful, great place to live. Oh, great. So because the Marble name is big in the East Lansing community, we have Marble School, Marble Subdivision. Is the story common knowledge in the area that you know? I don't think it is. No, I think most people don't know it. They don't know about Mr. Marble Mm -hmm. um, and they don't know much about that history because it was so long ago. Right, right. Now, have you ever had uh, curious people come up to the house wanting to talk about it, kind of like how the author was just stumbled upon and shared the history? I've actually not had that, but what happened a lot about it was that it had been um, a, it had been a daycare for oh. twenty five years, and it was the Eastminster daycare. So many a person would mistakenly come up to it looking for their children. (laughs) Well, at least they never tried to take yours. No, never tried to take mine. Um, Um, Have you ever gone out on the property with a metal detector? I have not, but I had one person ask me if they could. Did you let them? I told them I was was open to the idea, but somehow we just never quite put it together. Oh. So here's the big question. Uh, A lot of people, if they moved into a 150-year-old house where a couple of people had been murdered, they might think that the place was haunted. Uh, Have you ever had any strange experiences in the house or had any reason to think it might be haunted? Uh, There's actually a whole list of them, to tell you the truth. Really? Um, There's a whole list of different oddities that have happened and you know, started with the handyman who said, you know, when he, as he put it, he said, Carol, I don't know how to tell you this, except just to say that when you're there, you're, you're not alone. And he was kind of uh, frightened by the house. I don't know what he heard. He had a dog with him that lived there with him. Um, you know, he only lived there for maybe a month while he was working on it. And he said the dog kept barking at the wall. Oh, oh wow. And that kind of freaked him out a yeah, lot. Sure. Now, I think there may be reasons for that. 
and I think the dog was barking at the wall because I think there may have been a squirrel nest. No, up that would in the attic. do it. Too. And I think that would. I think that might have done it. Yeah, absolutely. Have you personally experienced anything? I did. I had one interesting experience where um, Forrest Coggin and I were on the phone. Uh, Forrest passed away this last year at 93. Oh. And he's a wonderful man. He he did uh, actually he has a whole archive on on himself at Michigan State University. Okay. He was a a relatively famous dancer for oh, wow. his time. And he uh, used to put on plays on the front porch um, when he was young. And he would literally have a paying audience. Oh, wow. And this That's was interesting. many, many years ago. But Forrest was call- had called me, and we were talking and getting to know each other. And he was telling me the story about his brother, Norman Navarre. And Norman Navarre was hit by a train in the backyard. <gasps> oh, in the backyard? And so he's telling me this story and he's kind of choking up about it because he Mm. never met Norman because Norman died about a month before Forrest was born. And so his mother was pretty distraught when he was born because she just lost one baby and then gave birth to a new one. And as he's telling me this story, um, I had a a five-year-old at the time and he was, he was off at daycare, but his toy train (sighs) in the other room came on. Oh my and gosh. it literally was like, you know, making noise. And I, I said, Forrest, can you hang on a second? And I put the phone down and I went in the other room and I thought, wow, that is so strange. And I, I turned the train off and I went back to my office and talked to Forrest some more. And Forrest, like I said, he choked up and he said, even though Norman Navarre died before I was ever born, he said he has always been part of my life. I've always thought of him. Mm. I have always had some connection to him that even though we never met, um, he was never forgotten. And the train Mm. came on again (gasps) and I went back into the dining room and I turned the train off and I came back and I said, Forrest, this is just so weird. I just, I said, I have to tell you, I think Norman is trying to say something to you because this train keeps coming on in the other room. And he thought that was kind of interesting and then it came on a third time. Oh my. Oh my gosh. I have chills. Yeah, the third mm-hmm. time was like, okay, that's, that's really, you know, we're, we're kind of pushing beyond the limits of, uh, you know, funnier things at that point. But I, so I hung up the phone with Forrest and I walked into the dining room and I said, you know, Norman, if you're here, nice to meet you, you know, nice to finally meet you. And as long as you don't scare my five-year-old, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's actually a kind of a sweet, story yeah. you know I mean oh that's yeah so and um so I've, I've never actually had um that, that was the biggest story I had there were yeah. still others yeah mm, so interesting my goodness well thank you so much for joining us today absolutely it's yeah. been a pleasure and if you ever want help or company uh metal detecting the property we don't know how but we'll learn i mean i have a metal detector yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well tell me what is it you think you'd find or what would you look for i mean wouldn't you think if there was the, like a shootout on the property there would probably still be like bullet casings and things in the ground i do i absolutely uh-huh. do yep how cool I absolutely would that do. Be to find. Sometimes I think there were, might be other things too, sure. just because even long ago, that just over the course of that much time, 
people drop things and lose things and there's farm tools and lots of things happen along the way. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, if I if we get around to it, I'll, I'll call you up and we'll all do it together. Oh, Absolutely. that'd be so that fun. That would be so fun. Great. Thanks a lot. Have yes. a good afternoon. Thank hey, you. Have you a too. safe flight. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you guys so much for making us a part of your day. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at so Dead Podcast. You can also find us online at SoDeadPodcast.com and email us your feedback and story ideas to... So dead podcast at gmail.com.com. Now get out there and shine, you magnificent what the fucks.